see a man which has told me all things that I ever did. Is he not the Christ? Joining us for Changing Your Life with the Word with Deborah Elam. Join us for an inspiring message from Deborah. John 4 and 1, it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples. Oh, and then like Jesus. Though Jesus himself did not baptize any. He did not baptize them. His disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. And it goes on the fourth verse. It says, he had gone through Samaria on his way. Eventually, he came to Samaritan village of Sihar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, said, weary beside the well about noontime. So if you want a title for this message, it will be called Living Water Flowing. Here we have the anointed one, Jesus, the Messiah, traveling from one city to another. And when he gets to where he's going, he sees a well. And he was being tired because his body was flesh. He decided to sit down. Now, let me tell you about Samaria. Now, Samaria was a place where no Jew wanted to be caught dead in because the Samaritan people were outcasts. The Jews were all righteous and pious, and they believed the Samaritans were beneath them. As a Jewish believer, you would not go through Samaria. What you would do is go around Samaria because you wouldn't be talking with them nor eating with them. The only thing they had dealings with was in trade, in business. But other than that, you wouldn't invite a Samaritan to your house. You wouldn't want people to even know you associate. You know how we have our friends and those we don't want to associate with because of their reputation, because they have a bad rap. We don't want them in our house, and we don't want them anywhere near us unless they got the M-O-N-E-Y, and you got something to sell, and they got something to buy from you. That's the only time you want to deal with them. And that's how it was between the Jews and the Samaritans. And there Jesus was. He had need to go through the city. Jesus a Jew. Jesus a believer in God. Jesus a believer in the covenant. Jesus the rabbi. Jesus the faithful. Jesus the man decided he was going to go through Samaria. Not around Samaria, but straight through I know when I go out of town from a city, you have to go from town to town. And I don't know if you, anybody know what Navasota is, but you have to go through all, you used to have to go through Hempstead, and you used to have to go through Navasota to get to the city where I'm from. But now they have a bypass, and you can bypass all of that. And that's what these people were doing. They were bypassing the Sumerian people and not telling them anything about God because they didn't believe they were worthy of God. And so being weary, but he sat beside the well at noontime. See, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Now, this is Jesus, the Son of God. As a Samaritan outcast, give me a drink of water. Uh, he needs something to quench his thirst. So he said, please give me a drink. Now, here this Samaritan woman, here she is, and she recognized who Jesus was. 
She recognized him because of the way he was dressed and his language, the way he talked. Jesus was dressed apparently as a rabbi. He was dressed with, I'm sure, with the shawl on. And, and she thought in her mind, this Jewish man and a priest apparently asking me for something that normally they don't even talk to me. And she pondered in her mind what was going on. And the 10th verse, it says, Jesus answered her and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it was that said unto thee, Give me a drink, thou would have asked him, and he will give unto thee living water. Now she asked the question, she says, How is it? Before Jesus told her that, she said, How is it that you, being a Jew, would ask me for a drink? Which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with us. So she recognized Jesus was different right there. He said, I will give you living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, for the well is deep from whence thou hast asked for this living water. So she recognized Jesus has no bucket, he has no rope, and the well is too deep. She called to his attention three problems. There was no bucket, no rope, and the well was too deep. No bucket, no rope, and the well was too deep. And 12 verses, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who had given us this well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Are you greater than Jacob? Can you imagine somebody asking Jesus, the king of kings, are you greater than Jacob? Are you greater than Jacob? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of the, this water shall never thirst again. Have you been in a place that you wanted something so bad, so long, that you didn't know if it was going to come to pass? This woman was in a place in her life. She was in a place in her life. She was broken and hurting, and she needed something that she didn't even know she needed. But there Jesus was, sitting on the well. The well, the well sitting on the well. The well of life sitting on the natural well. Have you wanted something that you didn't know that was going to ever come to pass? And there Jesus is sitting on the well right before you and says, I want to give you something that you'll never thirst again if I give it to you. You'll never have a need again if I give it to you. 14th verse says, and I'm going to read out a different translation. It says, but whosoever drinketh of this water that I give unto them, that I give unto him, shall neither thirst, but the water that I should give unto him shall be in him. The water that I give unto him shall be in him. Said the water that God gives unto us. The water that God gives unto us. Say, the water that God given to us, we shall never thirst again. Let's try this together. The water that Jesus gives to us, we shall never thirst again. Well, I have a question. If we should never thirst again, then why are we thirsting? Why are we seeking sometimes things that's totally contrary to what God wants? Why are we longing for things that God don't want us to have? When we have living water as believers within us, with, it's within us, and it flows out of us. Why do we thirst for things that are not of him? Now, what happens is sometimes we mix things together. We mix doubt with faith, and then we get something that's unbelief. If we mix the word with unbelief, 
we get unbelief. If we mix belief with belief, we get belief. If you don't want the word of God to work the way it's designed to work, then you mix something with it that doesn't belong with it. If you want all of God and everything he has, you mix what God wants mixed with what he said. And all he asks us to do is mix with his word. He said mix faith with my word. If you mix faith with my word, you're going to get what I said. Not what you said, but what I said. You keep speaking his word, and you're going to get his result. You act in faith, and you'll get God's results. There was this woman coming next to the well, and she saw Jesus sitting on the well. And there she was, and she had all these questions for him. He says, what I give, you should never thirst again. But the water that I should give unto him shall be in him as a well of water springing up to everlasting life. Now go with me to John 7. What is this living water? How do we get this living water? How do we keep this living water? Because it's something we should always want and, and operating in our lives. In John 7, uh, 37, this living water. We want this water, God, and we want it always to flow in us. It says, and Jesus, he promised this living water. He says, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowd, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Everyone who believe in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Well, guess what? Jesus is entered into his glory. So now the Holy Spirit is given. So now we have the living water, and we just keep drinking and drinking and drinking of his presence, drinking and drinking of the living water, and our well will never run dry. Have you ever seen a person with their well running dry? Those are the people always complaining, always got a problem, and don't look to the problem solver. We always got to look into the hills for which you come with our help. Our help cometh from the Lord. We're not alone. We're not a people in distress. God said, be not dismayed. He's always with us, and he always wants great things for us. Yeah, things will happen in our lives. God says it rains on the just as well as the unjust, but he's with us. He promised us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll go through the storm. Every situation, he'll be right there. He's always in the midst. He's always orchestrating some things that we cannot see. God is always about his business, doing great things for his people. Even when we don't know what's going on, he was right there. And back to John 4 and 15. The woman said unto him, sir, after Jesus explained to her about the living water, he broke it down to her. He said, you want this what I got. This is some good stuff. Is bad still a good word? You know, they said, this is bad. Because, you know, I don't understand. Sometimes the opposite means the opposite. Like, this is bad. That means that's good. Jesus was saying, this, what I'm going to give you, if you want it, it's going to be so powerful, it's going to shake the nations. It's going to make demons flee and tremble. It's going to make bodies rise and be made whole. It's going to bring joy. It's going to bring peace. It's going to bring love. It's going to bring prosperity. It's going to bring everything you need. It's going to bring right relationships. It's going to bring courage. It's going to bring boldness. You're going to be, Argh! you're going to be bold as a lion if you take what I got. Have you ever seen a person and you, they look so small and so petite, but when they talk, they had such a voiceless. I mean, they were loud. I know this little girl, and to look at her, you think she was real quiet. But when she speaks, 
she has a very big voice inside of her. It's just, wow, I just felt like, look and say, wow, how, that came out of you, you know? It's like God don't want us to be cowards. He don't want us to be weak. He didn't make us like that. We're not designed like that. See, the problem is when we try to do something we're not designed to do and be. I'm not trying to be a stockbroker. I know that's not my calling. No way. No way. I mean, God can, you can do all things through Christ. I know if there was a need, he would, he would give me the anointing to do it. But that's not how he made me. Some things I just know. Now, you, you want something coordinated? Oh, yeah, I can, co- no, I can coordinate. Now, I can coordinate. I can, I can get it together now. That's, that's my forte. But you give me something about dealing with stocks and bonds? Oh, I got to really study up on that thing. So you have to function the way you're designed to function. Some people are not designed to be teachers. I'm telling you right now, some people should not be in the school system at all, teaching school. And some people are. Some people are not designed to be singers. I mean, not, I'm not talking about everybody can sing if you got a voice, but some people shouldn't in front of people sometimes singing. I mean, if you know what I mean. I mean, if you want to cause people pain, you let the wrong person get up and start singing. Get some of the notes some of the time. So you have to function the way you design it. Some people are not designed to be business people. And some people are designed to work for people that have businesses. You got to know your place. You got to know where you belong. And this lady didn't know where she belonged. Here she was, a Samaritan at the well with the king of kings. She said, sir, I want some of that. I want that water. I want the water that you're talking about. He says unto her, now with the 16th verse, Jesus says, okay, but first, uh, go get your husband and come back. Oh, I said, come hither. <laughs> Uh-oh, the woman's already in trouble because she, she already knew Jesus up to something. So she, she says, I have no husband. I have no husband. She's talking to somebody that can see the future, the past, that sees all eternity. And Jesus says unto her, thou hast said, well, you have no husband. He said, you've had five husbands. You've had five. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco. Is that right? Anybody know Spanish? Five. She's had five husbands. Esposos? Esposos? Say, oh, gracias, señorita. (laughs) She's had five of them. Five. Most people are blessed to have one. She's had five. He said, you've had five. And the one you have right now is not your husband? So what he was saying was, you're pretending this man is yours, but it's not. This man is not your husband, but you're, you're acting like he's your husband. You're living with him like you're a husband, and you're carrying on with him like he's your husband, but he's not your husband. How do you address somebody that knows something about you that nobody else knows but you? Jesus was used his prophetic gift, his wisdom within him that God had given him to prophesy over this lady. And he says, "You truly you've said. And the woman said unto him, sir, I perceive the whole prophet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she, she's on to something now. But that's not all he was, that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship. Then she's going to get me all spiritual. Now, she, she was living with this man. Now, she's going to go deep on Jesus. Oh, our fathers worship at this mountain. And you say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour has come when you should neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship the Father. Not in this mountain, not in a place, but worship the Father. Wherever you are, worship the Father. You worship what you know not. We know where we worship. That's what Jesus said. We know where we worship. For our salvation is of the Jews. But the hour has come, and now is. Then the true worshipers 
shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. True worshipers. True worship. Those that have a relationship with God. Those that desire and seek him with a passion. Those that seek him and get before him and recognize who he is, how awesome he is. That he is the creator of the heaven and earth. And beside him there is no other. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one that knows the beginning, the middle, and the end. But yet he's eternal. He knows everything. He knows everything. He created everything. Every rock you see, every speck of dirt, every molecule, every cell, every mountain, every stream, every bird, every insect, every person, the creator. God is the one who created him. It and him. Every animal, every chihuahua. God is the one that created it. So as we look and as we see everything, it was God that created everything. And only him shall we worship. How can we not worship such an awesome God, such a loving God, the one who spoke in the beginning and there was light? That's the God that we serve. And 24 verse, says, God is a spirit. So if you're going to talk to God, you better talk to him through your spirit. You know, people wonder, well, okay, why are people hurting him over this country? And hurting him? No, God, God's a spirit. And if you want to get God's attention, worship him. If you want to see results, worship him. If you want to see the right results, worship him. If you want to get wrong results, you don't worship him. And you'll see you're going to get some bad results. But God said, worship, worship, worship in spirit, worship in truth, worship the living God. Glorify his name. Come before him and kneel. Recognize that you're nothing. It's all about him. How great he is, how wonderful he is, how mighty he is. He is God, that God, the almighty, the same one that created the heaven and earth. His spirit is in us. His spirit, his very presence is in us. How can we not take our position? How can we not stand boldly when God almighty is in us? and desire to do great things. So today, we continue to let him out. Let him be God. Let him use us. Let him use our hands, our feet, our minds for his glory to make a difference in the lives of everyone and of everything. They said that even the earth groaned for the manifestation of the sons of God. When we get in our place, even the very earth is groaning for the sons of God, the daughters of God, to know who they are and get in their place and do what God has called them to do. In 25, the woman said unto him, I know the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ, the anointed one. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus says, I'm here. (laughs) Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And time Jesus says, I'm here. His disciples walks up. Now, they're not going to say a thing. Here Jesus talking to us. A Samaritan woman? They didn't say nothing. They just listening. You know how you walk up on somebody that's talking and you know they're saying something good, but you're not really saying nothing because you really don't want to tell them, hey, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're not supposed to be talking to that one. Don't you know who you're talking to? But they didn't say anything. They just observed. And the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said unto the men. Now, she said it to the men. She didn't say it to the women. She said it to the men. She said unto the men. Come see a man which has told me all things that I ever did. Is he not the Christ? 
come see a man. Come see a man. We're talking about the living water flowing. Come see a man that had told me all things. She had a lot of influence with the men. Come see a man that told me all things. And Jesus sit there on the well. And they said, Jesus, are you hungry? He said, I have meat that you know not of. His meat was to do his father's will. And that's what in 34, it says, my meat is to do the will of him that has sent me and finish his work. Now say not. Now he's getting to the, let the living water flow. He says, say not. There's four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up thine eyes and look upon the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gather fruit unto eternal life, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. The living water flowing. And 37 says, and herein is true saying, one soweth and another reapeth. And I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestoweth on no labor. Other men labored, and ye are entered into their labors. And when this woman got back to the men in the town of Samaria, she told them and testified. She, she ministered to them about all things Jesus said and how he was the Messiah. And the men from the city came out to see Jesus, the living water, sitting on the well. And many believed that woman because of her testimony. Many people are going to believe you about Jesus. They're going to believe who Jesus is by you telling them who he is. They can see him in your life. They can see him in your words. They can see that Jesus is really alive. Jesus is really alive and that the Messiah has come. And many believed and became to know Jesus when they came back to see the living water, the living water flowing. God is faithful. There is a living water in each of us that are believers, and it's flowing. We don't want to stop up the flow. We always want the living water to flow through us. We want a fresh. Have you been in a, a body of water that no flowing water comes in? It's stagnant, and it starts to stink. We don't want our lives to be so that the water get backed up and won't flow. The Holy Spirit won't flow out of us. We won't smell bad in the Spirit. Fresh water flowing. Living water flowing at all times. Glory to God. Living water flowing out of us and in us. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If this message has been encouraging and a blessing to you, be sure to subscribe. And thank you for your generous financial support.